Well, welcome back, everyone, to the Flutie Flakes cast. I am Doug Flutie. Uh, my Matt, uh, my Matt, my guest this week will be Matt Leinert. Uh, Matt and I will have a chance to talk a little college football and playoff scenarios, Heisman scenarios, all that. Matt, obviously, Matt Leinert, uh, Heisman Trophy winner, NFL quarterback, and now working for Fox and covering college football. Uh, this has been a fun 24 hours, 48 hours by the time this airs, but uh, Lincoln Riley out to USC. I have a really good conversation with Matt about that. We'll, we'll get into depth on that, but I'll tell you what, USC is excited to have Lincoln Riley, that what he brings and, and Matt, uh, we'll talk about it a little bit or is, is the recruiting aspect and the offensive aspect, really just getting people fired up about USC football again. And they've been down for four or five years, uh, a big shakeup. It's amazing how this all happens. At the end of the season, there's this window between the end of the regular season and the bowl game where coaches make their moves, players declare uh, transfer portals, and all of a sudden it's like free agent season in college football. And I think finally USC is going to become the destination. But, you know, we get into a conversation, Matt and I, about uh, the potential to win a national championship. And I think with Lincoln Riley at USC, I think the young kids are going to see that as an opportunity. And uh, it's going to be exciting times out at USC for USC football. The other big move, uh, well, well, let's back up on Lincoln Riley for a second. I just, and I don't know what is accurate and what is not, but just to show you the money involved in college football, and this is not confirmed, but these are like guesstimations, was a $110 million contract that USC is buying both his homes in Norman for 500 grand over the asking price. That's an extra million dollar bonus. Uh, buying a $6 million home in LA for him. Uh, unlimited use of air, air travel with a, a private jet for family, things of that nature. It is amazing to me where college football has gone. And on the, along those lines, uh, Brian Kelly making a, a big move to LSU from Notre Dame. This surprise, I mean, I've covered Notre Dame football for the last 15 years. And I thought that, and it was, it was Brian Kelly's destination. It's where he wanted to be. It was the pinnacle job. He's done everything he possibly can at Notre Dame, become the all-time winningest coach to, at Notre Dame. And I think he finally came to a realization that he is not going to win a national championship at Notre Dame. They still might qualify for the, for the playoff this year and have a shot at it. Who knows? Uh, over the years, Brian did leave Cincinnati when they were undefeated and had a chance to play for a championship to, to make that move to Notre Dame. Uh, he has done basically everything he could do at Notre Dame and got them there. And there was a mind shift, uh, a mindset shift in the middle of his stay there. Uh, they had a down year or two, had a losing record, and he really recommitted himself. He basically said, I'm not, I don't have enough FaceTimes with the players. If I'm telling these guys to get in shape and eat right and do this, that, the other thing, I've got to do it myself. And he started doing it. He started getting on his own workout program. He started being there in and around the weight room with the kids, in and around them all day long, and an access to the head coach that wasn't there before. He saw himself more as like the CEO originally, and he became more hands-on. Uh, later, after that transition, they started winning again, and he actually got comfortable enough to be a little hands-off offensively and turn it over to his offensive coordinators and trust them as well. And so he's gone through these ropes, all these learning process, continues to better himself, continues. I've thoroughly enjoyed my years 
covering Notre Dame football with Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly was open to us, uh, giving us a little inside information, you know, stuff to look for come game time and, and things to be heads up for and always you know, flat out honest with us. Um, I thought he was going to retire a Notre Dame head football coach. But then after the, the announcement was made and this, this news came out, I realized it's about winning a national championship with Brian. He's had his team there at Notre Dame. He had a couple of runs at it. And there was a definite mindset shift where they thought they could compete with Clemson. And they, they played them tough, but they got off to such a terrible start. They got waxed by Alabama. Uh, but the Clemson game, I thought they physically played with Clemson and just made so many mistakes early that they couldn't catch up from it. So he's moving to LSU. I think it's all in an effort to try to win a national championship. Uh, he signed, I believe it's a 10-year deal. Uh, I don't know how long he will or, uh, go to that, but um, I just believe that he can make a difference there, that he will definitely put an offense on. He's been an offensive-minded coach his whole career, and he will put an offense on the field that moves the ball up and down the field I, you know, as far as his hires and what do you bring with him from Notre Dame and who he'll look to get. He's always been very loyal to guys he's worked with in the past to try to uh, keep them together because that that creates a cohesive uh, unit. He'd like to bring his D coordinator. His O coordinator um, would be um, Tommy Reese. I don't know that Tommy would be leaving Notre Dame. Tommy's a Notre Dame quarterback and in a position there now that uh, of, of, of strength as an offensive coordinator, so he may stay at Notre Dame. But uh, Brian's always been pretty loyal to the guys that he's worked with in the past. And so much of coaching and success is a comfortable feeling. Guys that know each other, you don't always need the best guy for the job or as far as X and O's, but the guy that gets along with the staff and everyone working together. Uh, I wish him well down in the SEC. I can't believe, and it's something I talk about with Tom Brady. I can't believe people that are so successful, and this is why they're successful. They continue to have that ambition, that drive, keep moving forward, keep pushing the envelope, try to win the next championship. And that's what Tom always said. Tom was like, you know, what's your favorite Super Bowl victory? Tom Brady will say it's the next one. And that's where Brian Kelly is headed to LSU to try to win himself a national championship. I wish him all the luck. Uh, on the Heisman front in college football, we had a big mix up on, on the weekend with uh, Michigan. <laughs> Finally, Jim Harbaugh and, and Jim and I have butted heads over the years, but Jim Harbaugh gets his big marquee win button heads with Ohio State and goes out. And I think weather conditions lent to it that it became a physical football game. And that's what he liked. When he was at Stanford, he had teams that could run the football. At Michigan, they ran the football and they ran it physically down Ohio State's throat, earned that victory, really throwing a wrench in the program here for the Final Four. And uh, Matt Liner and I will talk about that a little bit. Um, along those lines, I, I'm looking at, at Heisman and C.J. Stroud. I thought a couple of weeks ago played sensationally he played well this week as well um he may be the front runner but i'll tell you what bryce Run bryce young on national tv rivalry game even though auburn was not a ranked opponent he made plays down the stretch the last minute drive the overtime completions uh things he had to do to win a football game and uh those are the two front runners i believe uh heisman is weird because a lot of times it can come down to regional voting I've got an Alabama quarterback and an Ohio State quarterback. Uh, I don't think, like, my fear is always if there's two guys from the same region, they split a lot of first place votes from that region, and someone that's popular somewhere else 
who probably should be a third place finisher can wind up winning the Heisman. Uh, I don't believe that's a situation this year. I, I think this year that it's a pretty diverse group. There is no true front runner. Uh, those two, CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, are the two top guys, I believe. And I, I think off the strength, now there's still a week to go and, and anything can happen. But right now, I'd say Bryce Young is the front runner. Coming up, my guest, Matt Leinert. And uh, we will talk some college football and college football playoffs and coaching. Remember, you can get the Flutie Flakes cast on Apple, Pandora, and Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to rate and review. Coming up, Matt Liner. Hey, everybody. I'd like to welcome my guest, Matt Liner. Matt, obviously a uh, Heisman Trophy winner, now working with Fox covering college football, but more than anything, he's a USC Trojan, very fired up, just jumping on, talking off the air right away. It's a good day to be a Trojan. It, it is, Doug. It's, well, first of all, thanks for having me on, man. Um, it is, yeah, you know, it's been, it's, there's a lot of pride to be a Trojan and, and the history and the tradition of what USC football is. Obviously, you've, you've been around football long enough. You understand what that's like. And, you know, the last four or five years, and in particular this year, it's been really challenging just to see the program get to that point. And, and it's not the players, and it's not that, because those players go out, they play hard and, and all that. It's just the, the culture and the accountability and how USC uh, football has been perceived. And getting Lincoln Riley was and is the best thing for this program. And I went to the press conference yesterday and just – you could just tell, I mean, that people are smiling. He, he makes them immediately relevant again. And he's going to recruit. Um, everyone is so excited. I'm just so excited for the future of, of USC football. Um, big shout out to the leadership. You know, there are a lot of questions if President Full, AD Mike Bone, Brandon Sauce, those, those, can, those guys can get it done. And I'll tell you what, they delivered. And, and they're incredible people. Great leadership at USC. And uh, man, I'm fired up. Like it's just, I haven't been, I haven't stopped smiling the last 30, you know, three days. Funny story. I'm in Miami with my in-laws, my wife on Sunday, we flew there after the Michigan game. And um, I got some calls and I'm like, this isn't happening. And I felt bad. I was on the phone for like two hours of a family barbecue, but I was like, I was pumping my fist. I was so excited. I had a couple of drinks in me, you know, I was so excited, <laughs> uh, but it, it's a good day to be a Trojan. It's a good time. Very cool. What, what is going to be the significant difference? What, I mean, you already feel an energy level, but, you know, offensive, obviously with Lincoln, you, right. you talk offense. What do you love about him offensively? Well, you know, well, a couple of things. First of all, just, just recruiting is going to change. And I think that's something that we've missed on in the last four or five years. And I would, I would go back to what Pete Carroll did. And, and I hate referencing the past, but what Pete did was he made it clear that he was going to dominate USC's backyard. He was going to dominate LA. He was going to dominate Orange County, Southern California, because it's one of the top recruiting areas in all of the country. And he did that. And then he would handpick and try and go get a handful of guys out of state that he think would fit the team. And that was his success. It worked. And no coaches. I remember Urban Meyer used to tell me this when he was with us as Fox. He's like, Matt, we didn't even go to Southern California because we know we couldn't get the guys away from Pete. Now, when, when Pete left, and obviously USC has gone through a lot of transition over the last 10 years, you, you see every coach has come in and plucking the top guys and getting those guys because these kids want to go play for a championship. So I think recruiting will be the number one thing is Lincoln will go in there 
and he will he will go get he's already getting players from Orange County in L.A. He will go and get those top players, which is which is the big difference. And then as far as scheme and offense, I mean, just look at what he's able to do at Oklahoma and, and the quarterback. USC hasn't had a problem getting skill players, but this just takes this offense and this team to an extra level. The way he can call plays, his scheme, the way they run the football really, really well. I think people lose sight of that. They've, all, they've had one of the best offensive lines and running games in college football over the last handful of years. So it's not just these big pass plays downfield and quarterbacks who can make these He's, you know, a lot, you know, you were one of the best at that running around and making plays. It's, it's more to it than that. And I think that's what we're going to be. And he's going to put fans in the stands. And that's something that, that we haven't seen this year at USC. Well, grow, when you grow up in that area, don't I, I just, I had this image of USC when I was a little kid growing up. Right. USC was, you know, the UCLA USC game every year, the pageantry, all that. And I just had this image of USC was college football. You know, you got Notre Dame who was, out in the Midwest, but, but USC was, was it. And don't the kids in that area want, I mean, they, they lost that. They, they lost the idea of that was the place to be. Is that what the mindset? They, 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 they did. And, and, you know, and college football's changing a lot and NIL and just players have a stronger voice now, which I like, but um, USC, like, so, so Bryce Young, probably mm. going to win the Heisman trophy. We, we, we'll see. Obviously that comes up pretty soon. Um, DJ Unga Lalele at Clemson. Um, the, Look those at you are just two... spitting the name out. I screwed that up on there. I had first to, Doug, I had to, I, had to <laughs> I just call him DJU on our show, which is he, probably, and I know that he's a great kid, but two perfect examples of you have CJ Stroud at Ohio State. Those three quarterbacks are all from Southern California, all within 40 miles. I know for a fact DJ's um, dream school was USC. Love Reggie Bush, all of those things. Bryce was committed to USC. Uh, I'm not, I, I don't recall where CJ, I think CJ was Ohio State first and foremost, but they, those guys loved USC. And then when it came time to recruitment and just the stories that I were told, I was, I was shocked that we didn't recruit harder, I think for lack of a better term. And, um, but you're right, they're, they're, that aura and kind of is kind of missing from the player's eyes. Um, but I think Lincoln coming, he's going to bring that back because he's going to bring it's It's exciting to play at USC. You have Los Angeles. It's such an easy place to sell. Um, and you would think, but I think USC and, and kind of the previous leadership lost sight of that. So that's what I'm excited. It, USC is such a great place. It's, it's, a, it's a great place to play, play football. It's a great institution um it's great sports it's a great it's all of those things and uh, i'm excited and i think it'll get back to that point under lincoln riley and the new brass yeah the uh the idea i mean all these kids now they want to play for a national championship right they, they're looking around so yeah the, the lights are flashing over at alabama clemson ohio state these teams that are in there every year in the mix uh how do you see this all playing out this year like it's I mean, Ohio State, Michigan threw a wrench into it last weekend. Cincinnati's undefeated. Do they deserve to be there? Right. What, what's your take on all of it? Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's 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 been one of those years where we've had Georgia clearly the number one team and deservedly so. And then after that, it's a crapshoot. And I, I kind of I, I love it for college football, just the parody where there's really not a second best team. I mean, uh, no one saw Michigan beating Ohio State last week. You could argue that they probably deserve to be number two. Um, Alabama hasn't been the same dominant team, but Hey, we all know you win and, and, and you're Alabama, obviously. So 
Um, but yeah, Cincinnati, um, they deserve all the credit in the world. You know, we've talked about on our show that that's a program that's kind of built the equity of college football to deserve to be in that conversation. What they did last year and what they've done this year. And Luke Fickle is, is, is one of the best coaches in college football. Um, and, and I get it, the strength of schedule. I understand all that, but I think they've earned a right to get in the top four. Uh, they got a tough game this weekend and we'll see. I, I do think the way just things are shaping up and there's been kind of upsets every week. I, I do think Cincinnati is going to get in whether or not someone loses or if they just take care of business. I really believe we're going to see them in the top four. Um, we got Michigan, Iowa this week at Fox. That's, that, you know, you know, uh, I mean, yeah. hangovers, hangovers happen Hangover in college week. football. And Iowa's a really good football team. So, so that'll be interesting. And then um, the big 12 is the one that I think kind of can throw a wrench in this because if, Oklahoma State wins that's a that's a really good resume beating Oklahoma and Baylor back to back two top 10 teams it would be it would be you know they might just get in because Alabama losing to Georgia I think that's the way they just get in if they win but if Bama wins and all of a sudden you have kind of that debate of what if it's Cincinnati maybe Oklahoma State and then and then Notre Dame is creeping around there so um, it, it's, it's been exciting. It makes this weekend just so much fun. You know, I mean, Absolutely. anything can happen. I mean, Alabama could very well upset Georgia. I think that could happen as well. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. I was saying that, uh, the pollsters would find a way to slide Cincinnati out of the mix as long as things stayed normal, but they didn't right with the right. Ohio state, with the Ohio state, uh, loss and Alabama struggling like they did. It's all of a sudden they deserve. They're the undefeated team. They've got the marquee win against Notre Dame. They've got to finish up their business. I was I was talking about how the game against East Carolina this past week that they were lackluster, unimpressive, and all. And it's just, but you still win your game, right? And you move on. You stay undefeated. So it, it's really it's created the fun part of college football rather than just finding two teams. Georgia definitely the number one and deserved so. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll get it. We'll get it up to eight teams soon enough. We'll get we'll get that big. I, I'm well, thinking it's going twelve. Is I know it's eight or 12. twelve, but but my 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 guess is it's going to get to twelve in the next couple of years here. Which uh, look, I mean, are there twelve teams that have a chance to win? Probably not. But I think I, I like it. I like expansion. I think it's great for our sport. It gives these teams more of an opportunity. And and I think if this year's taught us anything. You know, the teams can beat teams, you know, on Saturday, you know, anything can happen, you know, and, and uh, we'll, we'll get there soon enough. That's for sure. That's the way I feel. I feel it's, it's, and it's, if you just the eye test thing and take the most talented team, then we'll just line them all up in training camp and say, okay, right. you, 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 and you, you got to play games. And that's, I always go back to Boise state beating Oklahoma and I yep. was working for ABC doing the studio show and all that. And all my buddies like, yeah, but they're not, they don't deserve to be that. It's like, screw that. They find a way to win. Well, right. The, the funny, the funny thing is, yeah, you're absolutely right. Is, is Ohio state before last week. And this isn't to take anything from Michigan because Michigan completely dominated them. I actually thought Ohio State was probably the best team that could line up and play with Georgia based on what they have offensively. Their defense clearly isn't to that level, but but with those receivers and just the explosiveness, I even think, you know, give Ryan Day three weeks, I think he could scheme up and play with Georgia. I, I do, but but they lost. They didn't take care of business, but a 12-team playoff could maybe get to that where you kind of see some of the matchups that you wanted to see. So, but I'm with you. Like, Cincinnati can play with anybody. Um, they have one of the best wins in college football this year. 
Um, and, and people forget that they took Georgia down to the wire last year in a bowl game. And I get bowl games are different players side. I get that, but that's still, that's Georgia played to win that football game and Cincinnati had every opportunity to win. So, uh, I, I hope they get in. I, I hope they do. I think they deserve it. And, and then we'll see what happens. Yeah, I agree. I think they deserve to get in. Uh, and me being, you know, the Boston college guy, the five foot, two 110 pound guy I always root for those guys anyway to find a way to win and you know it's game planning it's scheming you cannot we we had our big wins we beat Alabama we'll beat a Clemson or Penn State whatever because we out finessed them not right because I, I I say this about myself I put pads on for 35 years I still haven't hit anybody and <laughs> you know they, well, I, listen I want to say this people like like we've gotten to know each other over the years of the Heisman all that and and the 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 game the, the way quarterbacks have played it's it's shifting to to really a lot like your game and people forget I mean I'd say this but people forget how great you were man like you were one of the first to to kind of change that game to to be able to add the legs and I remember you and then Steve Young was someone um because I was a Niners fan so so I love Joe Montana but Steve Young was also kind of brought that so that's you know that's something now where all these quarterbacks the ability to run. I still, as you know, you still have to be able to throw from the pocket and you have to be able to deliver all those throws, but it, it's been really fun. And I'm, I, you know me, I'm not a runner, but I've, I've enjoyed watching kind of the way that position has changed, but you are, you, you are a big piece of that history for sure. And I think people forget about that. Well, I appreciate that. And it was, it's fun for me to see that aspect of the game being developed right. the way it has over the last five, 10 years, whatever, but it was exactly. Could you imagine you with the RPOs and all that? Oh. Like that see, right? we, I, I talk about this on the, on this all the time. When we were in Canada, guy named Damon Allen, Damon Allen's Marcus Allen's younger brother, Damon quarterback in the CFL as well. And we ran all our run game out of the gun. Right. So Damon would eye that defensive end. If he crashes down, he pulled it, run the naked bootleg. I saw him doing that. So you guys were, yeah, and I put a route, CFL. I put a route on it out there. And then when I'd go short yardage, I just spread everybody out and do quarterback sneaks. And if they didn't cover down outside, I'd throw the, the smoke screens. Right. So we were kind of doing that without yeah. it being, without it like formalized. I know that. Yeah. It's taken its own. It's, 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 its the own whole thing life now. Of its own, yeah. That's funny. But, so much fun for me to see that stuff develop and, and yeah. thank you for the heads. Let's shift over to Heisman. What do you, what do you, I, Des Howard and I had a conversation a couple of weeks ago and Des didn't want to give out a Heisman this year. He's like, it's, wait, it's, it's like, you want a guy to jump off the screen at you that you can't turn the station. I mean, when was the last time, right? When was the last time we had a year like this where you're in championship weekend and it, it could be, I mean, you could be one of four or five guys and, I, I will say this, and 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 by saying this doesn't mean I'm. This is not my vote. Uh, we don't know what's mm -hmm. going to happen this weekend, but I do think Bryce Young. With by the way, C.J. Stroud still played really well, and and we were at that game, and it was miserable weather, and um, he had a really good game, but he's done, you know. And and Bryce had that fourth quarter drive and overtime in a rivalry game where everybody was watching and, 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 and it led up to that because he didn't have a great game prior. And those are, as you know, those are just kind of like, those are the moments. Those are, all right, well, this is the best, this has been one of the best players in college football. Go take this team and go get a win. And that's what he did. And that was a pretty special moment for him. And I think just in the eyes of, of, of Heisman and what that means now, he plays Georgia, the best defense in the country. That's going to be really, really uh, exciting to see how he does against them. But, you know, a couple other guys like like 
like, I'm sure you've probably watched Kenny Pickett a bunch this year. I think Absolutely. Kenny Pickett is damn good. Like he's, he's probably going to be the first quarterback taken in the draft maybe. And what he's done at Pitt this year is, is just incredible. And, and we've pumped him up on the show. I've pumped him up. I've had a chance to, to talk to him this year. He's phenomenal. So, so I hope he at least gets, gets, deserves to go. Um, and then, you know, Aiden Hutchinson making that late push in Michigan. Uh, Will Anderson has been phenomenal at Alabama. We know it's, it's tough for a defensive player to win, but um, it's been a fun year because it has been really hard. You know, last couple of years, it's been pretty, pretty easy um, to, to vote, I think, you know, and this year it's, it's been challenging. Yeah. I, uh, it always winds up being that, that moment, you know, right. Fourth, the fourth quarter drive, the two point conversions, the, the making those throws when it counted and on a high, on a big stage. But I, I marvel at this and it, it always comes out, you know, if a guy has one bad performance at the end of the year, whatever, because two right. weeks ago, I thought Stroud looked like the guy yep. to me and, and he still might be. Um, but I was just looking at number, you know, at the end of the year, you look at numbers and start, but I, this stands out to me. Stroud's got 36 touchdowns with only five picks. Bryce Young at 38 touchdown passes and three picks. I can't get to a practice without throwing three picks. Isn't it uh, wild? It's how, talk, how talking about the game, the game changing. Like, how about this? When my, um, my pretty much my whole career at USC, Norm Chow didn't believe in the shotgun. I was never in shotgun in college, never in shotgun. Like I'm trying to think now, granted I had great offense. I had great guys around me. I never, I didn't get hit very often, but like, I'm thinking like, here's double a gap blitz. And I'm not, I'm under center in third and eight when they're bringing eight people. And I say that is because the game has just shifted to like, all of these numbers and you throw for 50 touchdowns now and that's nothing, you know, like you throw 50 touchdowns and five picks is like, Oh, that's a, that's a good year. Like well, the, 10 years ago, that was like, that would never happen. So it's when you rattle those numbers off, it's just, it's, it's incredible. The, the level of play. And a lot of it is the way the offenses are run now and, and the way they get the ball out quick. And um, it has changed in that regard, but yeah, I mean, Stroud's numbers, Bryce's numbers, I mean, Joe Burrow a couple of years ago, what did he throw 60 touchdowns? I think, I think it was, or something. I think he had is, two picks all year. Yeah. I mean, he, it's, went, he it's, went like most of the year without a pick or something like that. Or yeah. one. And even last year, Matt, I mean, Devontae won, but Mac and I remember Zach Wilson, and there were like three or four quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence were like, the numbers are ridiculous. You know, it's, yeah, but it's, it's, we uh, used it's to, he just had a great year. We used to shoot for a two to one ratio 20 right. touchdowns, 10 picks. You're, you're having a good year. If it's two to one, you're having a good year. And, and these guys are like 70% passers and it's 10 to one ratio. It's, it's my, my goal. I remember our goal at USC, we used to do dorm used to do personal goals with me and then team goals. And then, you know, personal goals is that is, is, Hey, let's get 35 touchdowns, seven, less than 10 picks or whatever it was. My goal was to get 65% completion percentage. They do that in their sleep now. You know, it's just, it's like, it's like if you're not hitting, even in the NFL too, it's crazy. So it's just, it's just the offenses have changed. You know, it's more quarterback friendly that the way talk about the RPO, it's just, it's a lot easier for quarterbacks now. And, and just to, you know, complete more passes. Cause it's really hard to stop offenses now. Yeah. It did. I, 
I shot for, you know, 60% in college and my, my senior year, I was up at 63% and that was a great year for me. And, you know, but we're, we're throwing about, I don't know what the yards per completion is. We were throwing a little more down, but even in Canada where I did have a, a high per, a lot of shovel passes, smoke screens. <laughs> oh, it's like, I would call the reverse. I'd flip the reverse to get a completion out of that. It's, I was milking it a little bit. Those look good on the stat sheet. That's yeah. for sure. But if I was over 50%, I was always happy. So one last what, what what are you looking forward to this weekend and 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 what's going for? Yeah, so I mean, I think just the champion, it's kind of what we talked about. There's great matchups and and we've seen so many upsets all season long that someone's gonna go down this weekend. I don't know if it's Georgia or Michigan or or Houston, maybe upset Cincinnati. Houston's a really good team, but um that and and then we just talked about Heisman, you know, just having a moment this weekend, some of these guys and in particular, Bryce and Kenny Pickett and Aiden Hutchinson, maybe, you know, he gets gets to the point where he gets invited to New York. Um, but this is this is the this is the final weekend championship weekend. A lot is at stake for a lot of these teams. Uh, I'm just excited. We'll be at Indy for the Big Ten game. So looking forward to see Michigan, Iowa um, and a crazy week of college football with all these co- these coaching changes. It's been it's been kind of wild, but um, looking forward to just seeing seeing the final final week, man. It's going to be fun. Yeah. It'll be a blast. Big weekend in college football. Thanks for taking the time with me, hanging out. We'll see you at Heisman weekend. Yes, sir. And uh, enjoy it. Thanks so much. All right, Doug. Thanks for having me, buddy. Let's jump over, take some Twitter questions, maybe some Instagram questions. First off, talking about our guest last week. Uh, just, you know, you come on the Flea Flakes cast and then you get the contract extension. That's how that works. Thoughts on the contract extension for Jeff Halfley? Oh, my goodness. I was very, very happy and a little bit surprised. I, I didn't really realize that the regular seasons were ending and all this coaching stuff was going to go on. But uh, we were really worried as alumni that uh, we wouldn't be able to hold on to Jeff, uh, that, uh, you know, that he would be a hot commodity in the coaching world out there. And I really am excited for Boston College football. I think he's done a phenomenal job this year. And I think that it's headed in the right direction. Just, you know, the record, it's, it's going to be a winning record or, you know, bowl eligible stuff. But just the, the direction of the team and watching them play, it's just, it's night and day. It really looks exciting. And uh, I'm excited about it. It seems like Boston College is making more of a commitment to, to the football program. They built a beautiful indoor facility just a couple of years ago. They've spent a little more money and uh, making that big effort. So hopefully it turns into even more wins. I'm very happy for Jeff. Very cool. All right, let's 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 get some quarterback questions now because it wouldn't be the Flutie Flakes cast without it. Uh, big QB matchup on Sunday. Who do you like in Sunday's battle of young QBs? Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert? <laughs> I like Joe Burrow. I really do. I think... Uh, I think Joe is very mature for a young quarterback. I know he's had some up and ups and downs and they really, you know, it's, it's how good are they? They're really just beating the, the mediocre teams and not be getting coming up with the big wins yet. But um, I remember going way back to talking to Joe at Heisman weekend and he was kind of, you know, a little overwhelmed and not overwhelmed with everything, but, blocking everything out, keeping to himself a little bit and, you know, try to strike up a conversation with him. And I start talking X instead of just talking general stuff. I went specific to like X and O stuff. Cause his dad was, uh, his dad actually played in the CFL at one time too. So there was a little common ground and we all started talking 
And I started talking a little bit of X and O's and he lit up. He, he is a cerebral kid that knows the game. He's going to continue to improve, continue to get better. Um, I think, I really think he is going to be a hall of fame caliber quarterback before his career is done. Awesome. And we have uh, another quarterback question on Twitter. Uh, this one kind of dives in a little deeper. How do QBs that get pulled for not being productive feel about the backup coming in and having success? Does that create tension or do players want team success over their own? Um, I, it does create tension. There's no doubt about it. Um, you want to win. It's, it's, it's a fine line. You're going to be there. You are going to say the right thing and you're going to support the other guy. You always do. Both guys want to win and they want to win that game. They also want to be the starter. They want to be the guy and they're going to do anything they can to get themselves back in that position. My attitude about it was when the other guys in there, always be ready to go, always be supportive of the other guy and be ready when that moment comes to get back on the field and and show what you can do because even if the other guy is playing there's going to be a time and place where you're needed and you're going to get back in there um whether whether it's cam newton when he was on the bench i i think cam situation is is better as a backup quarterback be let them prepare for the other guy come and do something a little different little wrinkle and i'll be productive i'll make us competitive but week in week out full games he's not that guy i don't think he's that guy anymore um and so you've always got to be in that position. And, you know, the, the mistake is, and especially in this in society today with uh, social media and a lot, of, it's a me, me, me world where guys spout off the mouth a little too quickly and they might be right back on the field the following week. So keep your mouth shut, do your work and just be ready when the time comes. You brought up Cam Newton. Uh, we have a question about his former team, the New England Patriots and your guy, Mac Jones. How good do you think Mac Jones can be in New England? I think he can be, yeah, I'm not going to say he's Tom Brady, <laughs> but he's, he's that type of kid that is just going to continually get better, more comfortable. As this season is gone, he's gotten better getting the ball up the field. Um, he's still minimizing turnovers and making the plays it takes to win the game. And the whole offense, you know, he's just a – and this is the most important part of quarterbacking is the cerebral – part of the game, the, the getting in and out of the right plays, getting in and out of protections, knowing when you're hot, when you're not, when you got to get rid of the football and getting through a progression. And, you know, the physical skills, there are thousands of guys out there that have a big arm. There are thousands of guys that are great athletes and have an arm, but the, what sets people apart is the mental aspect of the game. And, and Tom, uh, Peyton Manning, uh, those guys show, especially Peyton at the end of his career, what you can do when the physical skills aren't really there anymore. As long as you're doing the right thing and putting you in the right play, you're giving your team a chance. And that's, he's, he's going to get better and better. And I think he's a little more mobile, a little more athletic than people really give him credit for, you know, if he has to slide and move in the pocket as well. But uh, I, I, I really like the job he's doing. The Patriots are getting better and better, and they've got a great defense right now. So they, they've got a chance to make this run. All right, one last one on Instagram. Let's head back to college for a little bit. Cincinnati Bearcats, do you think that they should be in the college football playoff? I, I think they deserve to be. Uh, they've got the big win over, over Notre Dame. All they can do is play the teams on their schedule. Um, are they one of the top four teams in the country? Maybe not. Maybe there's you know a handful of teams to go out there and beat them, 
I was not impressed against East Carolina. I, I was like, I wanted to be impressed because they, they're going to be the team that, you know, when they get in and they're going to, um, as long as they take care of business, they're going to get in now with all the, that went on this past weekend. Um, they're going to be the team that everybody pulls for because they're the underdog. And so I want them to be good. And I'm watching the game and it's a one score game and East Carolina is kicking a field goal and it's still early in the fourth quarter. And then Cincinnati blocks a field goal, scoops, it runs it down, separates himself. But East Carolina was not a good football, not at all. And it was still a game well into the fourth quarter. And it just Cincinnati did not impress me, um, but they are deserving of where they are where they are because you play the games on your schedule you win you find a way like alabama went to overtimes with an unranked team this right four overtimes with auburn unranked team they still got the win they're not going to move from that top four um so anyway they they win the games they beat their one top 10 opponent notre dame so they've got to be where they are they deserve to be where they are uh, even though they they may not stack up but Go back to Boise State. I always go back to the Boise State thing. You find a way to win games, and maybe maybe you go out on the field against a team that might have superior talent and still beat them. Remember, you can get the Flutie Flakes cast on Apple, Pandora, and Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to rate and review. Again, I'm Doug Flutie. This has been the Flutie Flakes cast. Join me again next week, and uh, we'll see you then. The Flutie Flakes cast is a part of the SiriusXM podcast network. The executive producer is Tom Cress. The associate producers are Chris Tyler and Denny Gallagher. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. Special thanks to SiriusXM senior vice president of sports programming and podcasting, Steve Cohen. Podcasts.